Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Precision Unloaded podcast. You are once again joined by myself, Graham, and Mark. Hello, Mark. Hello, Graham. How's everything out out your way, mate? Oh, good. Good. No, no, uh, no. Getting quite old now, so. Yes, so Mark had his 50th birthday. My memory's going and my eyesight and hearing, so. He got a cake with, um, uh, like, candied bullets on it. Were they candy? Yeah, they were. Some, some. I ate one anyway, and I'm still alive, so. Yeah. They were like 30-30 cartridges. No, it was a good night. We went for dinner with a few people. Well, they looked good. like my reloads, because they were slightly bent, which, you know, it's normally an indication that I've reloaded something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those days are long gone, thankfully. Um, we quickly banned you from reloading when I was watching you hammer the bolt closed. Um, <laughs> um Oh, what we should mention, Mark, is we have, so from our podcast sponsor, The Gun Rack, we have a, is it called a plus one game changer uh, game changer bag from Armageddon Gear? Yeah. The Gun Rack has kindly um, uh, donated to, for us to give away. So we'll put something up on the um, the podcast uh, Facebook page, maybe a, a share type thing in the next couple of days, and we'll pick a winner for that, and we will post it to you which will probably cost me about $20 to post because it's so bloody heavy um, but if you're after a sort of a, um, a what a lot of people consider as one of the best bags for precision shooting um, you can win one for free um, I've so got can, a solution what's the solution just empty the fill in you can just flatten it and put it in an envelope that is a solution but I'll just send them the bag with the, the sand oh. yeah. then you can send them the sand later Slowly. And a series of smaller envelopes. Yeah, we're a little So thank, thanks, thanks to the gun rack for um, sorting that out for us um, and giving it to us full of sand and not being as tight as me and Mark. Um, yeah. Yeah, anyway, this episode we're going to talk about uh, round five of the Spark 22LR uh, series, and um, uh, which was Taxol Barren Earth. Uh, so I was the match director. Mark was a competitor. Um, at least he was partially competitive. Um, so we'll sort of talk over the, the match itself and then how Mark did and, and a few other things and, and what I thought of the match as the director and, and what I'd change or, or keep going forward. Um, so Mark, what what would you call the style of match? So we, we try and mix each one up a bit and um, not just have the same uh, cookie-cutter match each time. So what what would you say the style was? Uh, I'd say more of a terrain variation match type of thing mm-hmm. um, with more steep uphill, steep downhill type of stuff and um, sort of ground conditions that aren't conducive to rain considering <laughs> no <laughs> <coughs> the name of the match was the Barren Earth match because for those that weren't there it's a pine tree block that's been sprayed out so it's essentially all dead vegetation and loose dirt or dirt. And uh, unfortunately, due to my fabulous forecasting, um, there was no wind. So when it rained, it just kept raining all day. Non-stop. So, until we finished. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, until we finished and then it stopped. <laughs> um, so it, it really, I was glad I did the the prone stage on the rack first because I was <clears throat> assuming by the two or three squads in it would have been uh 
lying in about an inch of mud every well, time. It wasn't so much the mud, it was the um, there was water running through it. Yeah, well, and water running down there. Yeah, and I'd go over there and I'd sort of um, cut a bit of a drain with my, with my gumboots to divert it. But people would just walk straight through the trains and bucker it up. So I soon gave up doing that. Um, but yeah, so it was, yeah, train, train match is, is a good way of describing it. Um, uh, well, a lot of, um, it's a pretty cool venue. So we might as well talk about the venue. So uh, no one had actually, um, we, this is the first competition we'd held at this range on on, the, on Mark's property. Um, we, yeah. It's essentially our winter range. Um, when, when lambing and carving is going on, we head down here because it's out of the way. We're not upsetting the, the farm. And there's usually a bunch of um, pests around that we can deal to, especially now that there's pine trees. So, um, yeah, I must say I'm very pleased that you've run a match there because as they were setting up over several weeks, weekends, I'd get reports that they'd um, demolished several critters, like especially the goats, yeah. um, which um, had been wreaking havoc on the pine trees which were planted. So they pull them out completely or nip the tops off them so so we're probably just on that block in the associated close area probably around 55 60 goats now over the last yeah. few months so it's been quite a good little uh, spot uh i don't think there's been a trip where we haven't dealt any actually and we've been up there no. every weekend um so yeah so that's so that's range seven um uh, and it's called range seven because it's the seventh area we started shooting in and now with the, the new range rules um it got officially named that um but how it differs from other ranges is, first of all, like Mark said, um, it's pretty dead at the moment because of the spraying. Um, a lot of clay tracks, uh, which are nice to walk around when it's not raining, turn to mud pretty quick when you have non-stop rain because um, uh, nice vegetated topsoil soaks in quite a lot of water before you start noticing it, but clay doesn't. It just um, just turns to paste, so that was another challenge for the competitors. Um and then, like Mark said, a heap of, heap of steep angles. So some of the steepest shots we've had all season, probably ever in a match. I think the the, the steepest was near fi- minus fifty degrees, um, and there was yeah. there was three stages where you actually had um, shots past minus forty degrees. One area which is pretty cool, um, confusing if it's, if you're new to it, but it's pretty easy to work out. But it definitely affects your ballistics. So you got to work with that. Um, and then it had sort of, uh, essentially, we didn't have to bring in any props. We were able to use um, uh, what was left of old pine trees from when they cleared the block a few years ago to make some props and um, stumps and uh, hillsides and, and all sorts of cool terrain and we were able to use to um, keep it a proper field match. So, yeah, I the, the, the mud put a little dampener on how cool the range is, I think. But um, it's still a pretty cool spot for for twenty two. So, um, yeah, pretty happy with it. As a as no, a, if it was approach. like um, July or August, it would have been cold and miserable. So well, it was it was mild. There was no wind, so it wasn't you weren't getting, you know, smacked in the face by rain or anything. So it's just just piddled down with rain all day. So you could you could use the rain to your advantage too, like because you could watch yeah. it and it just give you. Just that ever so slight, say um, right to left wind, you could just see it in the rain. And so, because yeah. there's quite a few small targets, a lot of small targets in this match. Um, so it was an advantage because you essentially had, um, you could watch everything the wind was doing. And um, 
yeah, so that that, that yeah. was that was good in that respect. Certainly a match where you were envious of the um, hunter class targets. <laughs> yes, yes. When you saw the tiny, tiny diamond beside it or triangle, going, yeah, great. What you should have that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So one thing is, uh, I've got a thing here is um, if we if we did any new new stuff for this match, and one of it was um, uh, I watch a lot of the Canadian um, rimfire. Um, matches and competitions and they run quite a lot of triangle targets and um and talking to um matt huey in one of the previous podcasts he's one of the top canadian shooters and shoots the us prs and nrl series and everything um he's talking about triangle targets so we got some made and um they're quite a difficult little target aren't they mark yeah yeah, and they uh, it was also obviously a very steep angle, and um, they, they didn't go that far, but they're, they're definitely challenging. <laughs> and you're like, aim at the bottom; it's the widest part, and they're like going, but it's so steep, it's going to hit high anyway. <laughs> yeah, so aim even lower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I've for that I test shot a couple of weeks before, and I was like one a mil low at the fifty meter one, and something like like it's it's a big difference so as long as you work it yeah out. i think uh simon was saying on yeah he basically um, if it was flatter to tell him it was two mils or something but um, over the angle it was added in it was like a mil so it took a mil out of it mm. yeah i think the steepest one for me when i test shot it was on stage eight and that was i think it was like 45 or 50 meters might have even been 35 but that was 1.5 mil i had to hold low from my 25 yeah. meter zero so over uh, closer to zero than everyone else but yeah. anyway um yeah um but the triangle targets oh i can look at my scores really quick and i imagine you're looking at them too i don't imagine that was a very successful stage for a lot of people as i find the right image which one stage seven yeah not in um absolutely not in um rifleman rifleman no one no one uh, cleared it uh wes got one shot short maybe or one yeah one hit i think that's what pushed him into second for the day um here you guys had to make it bigger oh wrong that's a serious score where am i bear with me average is 18. Oh, that's not too bad for a little target. So it's just over half. So was about well, yeah, it was third to the third to most difficult stage on. You're looking at the scores eight. in the rifleman class, so it's um not many people shit the bed on it. Like no, if you go no, down the <laughs> my my friend Jai. Who got seventeen points on it? He um <laughs> Simon told me he that was he, a highlight of the day for him. He, yeah, were you there? He didn't want to use a tripod, so he just sat it sitting unsupported and managed to get. Oh yeah, I'm like, how the hell did he do that? So, um, yeah, that's pretty pretty cool. So, um, so yeah. Anyway, sorry, new targets with the with the with the triangles. So I will be playing with those a bit more going forward. I don't know. Maybe Simon will let me um convince him to include them in the final, but um. A pretty neat little target. Um, so yes. overall, as match director, what did you um, think in terms of? I mean, looking broadly at 
say for example go to hunter class there's a fair lot of a lot of cleared stages for the top shooters so i mean is that so one one issue is uh you have to we anticipated more wind yeah so if you add in let's call it essentially a zero wind day right it was a zero wind day yeah and so if you add in wind um those would have been reduced quite a lot i'd say Um, i was up at range seven last sunday uh, um, simon carl and myself were doing a bit of practice for the upcoming running gun um, getting your running gun match Um, and we were shooting some of the hunter class targets with our semi-automatics and it was windy like quite windy um, and they were hard so yeah yeah you got to strike that balance between the match being especially when we're talking hunter class being achievable even in harder conditions Um, so when you get a windless day um, there's going to be higher scores like shit um first and second were both in in the sort of mid to high 90s percent wise yeah um yeah okay yeah so if you take that out i was probably only then two stages which was um six and seven for the hunter class Mm. that probably had too many people clearing it so so seven was a hundred hundred percent unsupported stage yeah standing and it was with uh, it was the large element and uh, the silhouette animals, wasn't yeah, it? I, it, yeah, I I sort of wrote a bit of a pest control stage, mainly because where that stage is situated, there's not a lot of options no. uh, for it's essentially essentially it's for tripods, right? The the spot dictates tripods because there's very steep shots and there's brush in front of you, so prone shotters without chopping half the trees down is impossible so um we went with the our bigger animal targets that we don't use often that's essentially um life-size um magpies rabbits and hares and possums and they went out to about 100 meters and um but it shit everybody did well nearly on that one so yeah seven seven out of ten cleared it yeah and if you're not take lee out because he doesn't really count um (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty much eighty percent of people cleared it. Yeah, um, but it's not not always a bad thing in hunter class too. They have a, a couple stages where, where they a lot of people get a good result. You know, yeah, but just not the one I clear, right? Because yeah, yeah, I was all feeling. I knew it as I was helping add up the scores. I cleared stage eight, and you know, a highlight of a bleak day. But and then I was like, yeah. Uh, 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 then I started seeing the score sheets, and I was like, damn it, damn it. <laughs> It was the most cleared stage by a long shot, so right, yeah, my, feeling, my feeling of achievement suddenly just diminished to being, oh yeah. Okay, so talking about hunter class, making the targets achievable even in the, the wind. Yeah. So when it comes to stage eight for rifleman class, um, it was an all unsupported, um, non-prone stage. You could go standing, sitting or kneeling, uh, sling yeah. only. <clears throat> I thought the stage would mess with a lot of people. But yeah. we had what nine people clear it, and nearly and all everyone and else was... every every other score was over twenty. So yeah. like, that's uh, pretty yeah. And now add in wind, it would have been a lot mm. harder because um, yep. your position's buffeted. But I didn't expect that because I would man the the longest shot on it was one hundred and sixty meters 
from an unsupported well, I, unsupported yeah, setting, yeah, I guess from, I've done. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that I'm, I'm actually kind of, I'm, I'm glad and I'm not glad. Like, I'm glad to see people got the hang of it. Um, but I think it should have been a little bit harder. But no, it's good to see people shooting well <laughs> unsupported. So, yeah, and yeah. Now it's like it's kneeling, right? So, and it's a bit of a nice yeah. bank, so you can get a good, real solid position. But um, maybe, or what one way you can get around it being too hard is you can reduce the overall uh, number of shots because um, they've got spare shots, or you could reduce the time, um, or you could just reduce target size because I think it's still a viable stage. I just need to find that balance. I was, I was thinking yeah. that would be the. the that is where the match would be won or lost, is what I was thinking was that stage, and I was yeah. so wrong. <laughs> but, um, but but yeah, it's um, I, I guess the size of the targets almost took some of the angle out of it because if you're unsure, you just you know you um, aim at the bottom of it, you know. So yeah, so that's for both stage seven for hunter class and stage eight for riflemen. Um, Whereas, see, right, Hunter Class shot the same targets, but they could shoot it from a prone position. And they didn't go as far. They only went out to 100 metres. It was a pretty awkward prone, though. Yeah, it was, a, it was like an army man-style prone, like a bent prone. But it was, it was, I, I, th- I think the two Hunters in our squad didn't even do prone. I didn't don't think. Yeah, no. Oh, was that Calvin and that? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think because it was uh, just a bit awkward. Could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you're, you know, like myself, getting old and have difficulty getting up once you lie down. <laughs> I like from last week to this week, you're all of a sudden. A... <laughs> he did point out that in the PRS rules, he's a senior shooter too. I know. I've got. I'm up a class, well, down a class, I suppose. Really, yeah, down up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, so yeah, so it's. Because it was a new course of fire, you're more likely to get a few things like this where stages don't quite pan out score-wise like you maybe planned. But maybe, again, the the Hunter Class ones, I don't see an issue with having more people clear them. But the Rifleman one, I I thought, would have had different results. Like, okay, I wouldn't be surprised if Simon cleared it, but like Wes and that, I was thinking, nah, they'll probably average like half. Um, I thought Jeff would clear it. Um, but But yeah, so yeah live and learn i guess um and then i think if if there was another stage it was probably too <laughs> well it was too hard i thought the long range stage there was a the prone stage um i thought more people would do well on that considering the lack of wind the targets weren't particularly big but they were achievable um uh i think it was a time thing yeah you, you the idea was you had to move pretty quick and, mm. and, and, and remember the order in which you were to shoot because we had a couple of stages with specific shoot orders and that was shoot to move, not hit to move, <laughs> which we'll get to in a second with you. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I expected better there. Um, the Hunter Class 1, I think, was quite... zero points there. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, moving to stage 2. So, um, so Carl built, we got him to build this wooden wall with um, essentially little um, cubby holes in it that you'd shoot through. Um but particularly small targets and um you had like a what was it like a 10 or a 15 mil circle at 40 meters might have been a 20 mil circle whatever it was 15 anyway 
and then at like 70 meters there was a it was like a 75 by uh, i think it's 20 um target so a vertical like a, a wind chime and then another one of a similar maybe five ten mil wider and 100 mil tall at like 95 meters uh, on a bit of a quite a steep uphill and um that yeah that that I, I test shot this stage in calm conditions and I think I dropped a couple. But now, test shooting stages outside of a match, it generally always goes well. Um, it, it's not a reflection of how you perform under time and stress. Um, but the high score, so it's possible 28 points, the high score is 15. And then you got yeah. a zero. Yep. <laughs> so again, it was a a shoot to move so you'd engage say target the first target then the third target then the second target and then you'd after each shot you'd have to move you don't re-engage and then you go to your next hole and there'd be a different order you'd engage in and, and so what, what did you do inst- mark i instantly didn't do that i was too busy remembering the sequence and then didn't do shoot to move and i just hammered away at the first target and then when my time was up my squad informed me um that I was supposed to shoot to move. I was like, oh, thanks. I will break that, <clears throat> make that a zero. I think I had like nine points or something. I was able to zero it because that's what I've just done. So thanks. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the reminder. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um... I'm sort of in two minds about that though. I'm sort of, um, for myself, I don't really mind not being told because a lot of, comps that you shoot in obviously down the you know there's no assistance so part of the time you think well i'll just go with no assistance so yeah so you they it, not that they have to but it would have been helpful your squad had have um, reminded you like other squads were allowed to because it's specific order they could have the, the the supervising competitor could tell them which target to engage next it's not against the rules you know um, yeah, and to some squads had other, yeah. all four shooters shooting different targets just to help the other guy. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> okay, anyway. No, they didn't. No. <laughs> but just yes, outside the box. <laughs> but that really um, destroyed your uh, your score that stage, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Kind well, of. I mean, it may have stopped me from getting tenth. <laughs> <laughs> so That's what? Battle. So I could have. Um, pr- I like the stage. I'll probably put bigger targets on it next time. That's what I'd say. Um, the no wind was good, but the targets were small. With no re-engagement allowed, it made it. Um... Uh, some rifle setups obviously didn't like it. So th- there is something, apart from like the stupid, stupidly high scopes, there is a way to do it. Mm. Um, and they were left, the cubby holes to shoot through were left small on purpose to essentially negate the use of a large bag. Or a bag at all? Uh, you could run a really little bag, but yeah. 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 But you just, you essentially, in a situation like that, you just go hard on hard. And, um, and like, remember that you're just shooting a twenty two, and it doesn't recall bugger all. But um, I see, like, some people left their bipods on, and they were trying to, like, jam bipods in the hole and stuff. Oh, um, God. And then what I've seen, and I've seen this on a bunch of stages, and also, like, some of our top competitors, is when there's a tight time, like you look at the time, amount of movement, amount of shots, because there's several stages with quite a bit, um, they were dialing for every single shot. 
and when there's a tight time in my brain i just i i'll set like a common parallax that is between the two or 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 favors um, say two targets more than the third one and then i'll just hold i'll dial say the first target depending where it is and then i'll just hold the rest um yeah i've seen a lot of that because on stage two because the when I test shot it, I dialed for the first target because it was a small round target. And then I I think I had my parallax reasonably well set f- for that ish. And then the, the two further targets, they're very tall. So I just held, like it was it was meant to be, I think it roughly worked out to like a mil and two mil. Or had some, it was like maybe 1.1 and 2.2. But because the target's so tall, I just hold a mil for the first one because the how big the, the vertical part of the target is soaks up any error and then same yeah. on the second target i'd hold two and i don't worry about that point two discrepancy because the target yeah. is tall and my um yeah so i just that's how i a test shot it but um uh live and learn right? yeah it's one of the things i with with the squads weren't big they were small so there's less opportunity especially when you've got a mix of riflemen and hunter there's not a lot of learning opportunity to a degree in a stage where you can see other people do it. I just noticed when you have like, uh, I don't know, one of the, like the hilltop major was 10 people in a squad, whatever. So you suddenly, you see people adapting as they go and realizing the tight time frame means, you know, X or Y type of thing. So mm. whereas I think stage two, you sort of, you know, I fucked it up. Someone else, stuffed it up whatever and that was the end yeah that's your squad done so it, it, <clears throat> there wasn't a lot of um but the, the idea yeah. is you're competing as an individual though so you go in and you solve the problem like it, i i have had matches uh when we went to tie happy yeah, and but, i i but, had a plan to short stage yeah. a certain way and then the computer in front of me did the same and fucked it up so i did change my plan but it's but I was listening to another squad on that stage, and they were they were talking every single person through it, and did did it did it. Yeah. So, um, so that you yeah, in one you say it's an individual thing, but the way it was done wasn't. So. No, I mean to make your plan as an individual decision. Yeah. You yeah, can't be like, oh, I always want to watch four people do it before me. <laughs> so if if you're going to shoot the stage, you can say to your squad. Hey, can you call out my order of fire? You can ask them to do that. Yeah, yeah. You know same I mean? old thing. If you if you're not first on a stage, that's an advantage. So. Oh no, definitely, definitely. Um, that, but that's why the 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 order rotates, right? So. Um, yeah. But yeah, but irregardless, didn't look like it helped anybody. Um, no. I'd probably call that the. The hardest stage of the day, I'd say, looking at the scores. Um, yeah, twenty five percent. Yeah, twenty five percent hit rate. And by uh, half. Yeah, by far. By far. By far. Yeah. Yeah. Next stage, not many people did. Oh, a few people did okay. I, I thought that stage was a lot easier. Um, but yeah, so three three old stumps that have been pulled out the ground and dumped in a perfect positions for field shooting, and um, the same thing. I watched a bunch of people because I filmed a bunch on that stage uh, and people were dialing everything and um, just eventually running out of time a lot of them um, instead of just holding that's again that's just how I would have shot I would have held everything um, 
Ooh, no one cleared it. Um, Hunter class, we had three people clear it, which was good. Um, they had uh, yeah, a little bit bigger targets, obviously, and not and one less target. So it was a lot of shots. So it was three targets, and each one was to be uh, engaged twice, ideally hit twice, but engaged twice um, from the three different marked positions on the three different stumps. So quite a lot of shots, which is cool, and quite a lot of impacts to get the full score. Um, so quite a, quite a cool stage, I thought. Um, but yeah. yeah. So it's, like like you say, there's, there's stages I, f- I think are gonna people are going to do better on, and then they don't. And that's with the no wins too. So the match itself, Mark, what gun and scope combo did you use? Uh, so I opened up the safe and dragged out the uh, Ruger 1022 competition again and um, put a scope cap on the missing scope cap and away I went. So I hadn't shot it since the last match that I shot in, which was Tikarangi. No, Tarata. Tarata. Yeah. Speed versus precision. So good practice, Mark. I said, oh, I'll get out and do practice this week. Didn't. So anyway. I, you, did, you did miss some pigs, but not with that gun. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Another day, another story. Another story. So still running the SIG scope. Um, I've been meaning to change it to a slightly smaller SIG scope, so... Which I'll do because it's probably overkill to five to thirty. It's really not needed. So, what ammunition um, are you using in that? And then I still have had have um, some special match. I had most of obviously a full brick of RWS special match. So, which runs really well in that. And um, once again, I can't think the last match and this match. I don't haven't had a single misfire with that thing. So. Um, only issues I normally have is just making sure the mags in clicks in, which is just standard because of the th- tri mag with the weight of it. You just got to make sure it does lock right in. Um, but other than that, no, it went well. Um, yeah, starting to not like the stock, but that's I haven't got a lot of options at the moment with the um, the fact it's got two um, action screws so. Yeah, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. like really good, but no one else cares. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks, yeah. Ruger Custom Shop. <laughs> Any other accessories you're running for the day? Uh, so, yeah, my Magpul bipod. Jesus. Sling. Um, but no, it works well because he's quick to detach that bipod, even though it's a, it's a sling swivel mount one, so... Um, it means I can take it off for stages like the stage two, the wall one and everything. So um, anything else? No, I just had the little uh, the tactical grapefruit bag over the barrel with the Velcro, so that that was good. Um, you didn't run your game changer. No. Why not? Because I like the tactical grapefruit, and okay. I, I feel it. I feel it's underrepresented. It's, well, like it's, a, a, it's a practical class bag. You're it's a footnote of, of history. Foot, footnote of history. You're now. sort of so handicapping you're yourself. Discarded. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, cool. No, and I like to handicap myself because you know. You, yeah, why, yeah, okay. why not? Why not be even more handicapped than I currently am? Um, and tripod wise, I use my trigger stick. So. Yeah, those are terrible. Um, 
good for hunting, not for matches. Love it. Great for matches. <laughs> no, they're not. Anyway. I'll, pers- I'll persevere. Yeah. But that's why I did underwhelmingly and scored <laughs> yeah. 113 points and was below average on five stages out of eight. So, there yeah. <laughs> so we talked about earlier about the weather. Um, no Solid issue- B-class result. No issue with, with the weather with the gun, apart from your stock splitting in half? Uh, nope. Yeah. It's all good. Um, I just ran a neoprene cover, which actually kept it from fogging up, I think. Yeah, so it just, the neoprene just got wet. Yeah. And the whole thing was wet. <laughs> so it, matter, I didn't right? have any fogging issues. That was the only thing I was worried about. Yeah. If it's got water running across the lens, it won't fog up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was your What was your favourite stage of the day? Just your favourite, not what you did, you know, well or bad on. What was your favourite stage? Like the coolest stage. Uh, I think the the prone rack stage one. Mm-hmm. Um, first stage of the day, and I did just above average. Um, yeah. Well, it wasn't too muddy one time when you shot it, I guess. No, exactly. Yeah. We were the first squad to do it, so it was fine. Yeah. I actually had to uh, give two competitors a warning for um, pre-installing a tarpaulin on the ground. Before on that st- stage? Yes. <laughs> People who should know better. Um, yeah. Wow, so, that's like me at the uh, Bowers Valley Brawl. Yes, it is. It's, it's, it's what we now call cheating. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then well. and then the last shooter in their squad's he's like, the landowner we can't say anything yeah. no the, the the last shooter in their squad's like wait so I can't use it I was like you can use it it just has to be off the ground before you start and he's like what do you mean I'm like it just can't be on the ground so he yeah. starts with it in his hand and throws it on the ground and it sort of gets on the ground alright shot off it but um yeah um, so that, that was a bit of a laugh so two people got a warning uh, and I don't imagine they'll do it again because next time it will be a stage DQ but um because if you read at the top of your score sheet in our events, all gear needed for the stage must be off the ground when starting. Anyway, so um, what stage did you do best on? So you you, you say again, which was that was uh, stage eight. Yeah, so I cleared stage eight, which was um, no bipod, uh, sling, sling only. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the first target was shot standing or generally needed to be i think from the steepness uh, yeah there was, was the there other? was a kneeling position but it was sort of um, was through the trees one? no maybe i shot the whole thing just sitting i think i was just sitting yeah yeah kneeling was it kneeling or sitting i can't remember um did i it went well uh, i don't think because there wasn't very, there was no unlimited stages really apart from maybe one um round count uh, so, oh, I can't remember. no, I don't think there was. This was a, a tighter round invari- match. I invariably, yeah, I invariably ran out of shots, and that was my main problem on most stages. But what's your shots fired? Actually, we can look. Hundred and fifteen. No, you are not. You are not even close to firing the most. Yeah, I know. So I'm. I'm pretty sure you just didn't record it properly. That's no, not... I recorded. I recorded the ball because Simon did one hundred and twenty-five. Yeah, but see, I, yeah, but he hit more. He had a hot, lot higher score, Graham. Yeah, but it doesn't so matter. I timed, sort of like... I timed out on stages. Oh, or, okay, okay, I'm with you. Yeah, or never even fired shots. So, because <laughs> I never got a chance. Yeah. So yep. I'm pretty sure stage one, stage two, stage three, 
No, I think I've used all my rounds on that one. Uh, the A-frame, I probably used all my rounds on. Yep. Yeah, so I, due to having no more unlimited round count stages, I didn't actually um, top out the shots fired. So, yeah, 126. No, I wasn't too far off. There's a few on 130 in the 130s. But what once again, they... Yeah, they had more hits. Carl, so made. Carl was running part of the range because it's sort of separate from the rest. So he wasn't competing. To, he was a he was a match staff because normally he'd be right up there. Um, yeah, yeah. No, but again, this match was less a mag dump match. Um, that you know the the, the less semi automatic um, esque. Um, so what was your what was your worst stage for the day, excluding stage two? Um, what was one that really got you? Uh, I'd say stage seven. So that was the small triangle targets and shot from yeah. a tripod. Did you use yeah. a proper tripod or did you, did you use no. your shooting sticks? Shooting stick. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that wouldn't have helped. And I think the rank, what was the rank count? Uh, I think you had like four spare shots or something, five spare shots. Yeah. No, I... I ran out of ammo very quickly on that stage. <laughs> so how many points did you get? You got 12. 12. Okay. Yeah. And the average is 18, so it's well below. Um, I mean, no one cleared it, but still, 12 was well below par. A lot more people, most people, got well better than that. So... Um, Yeah, I think the other, a couple of other people in this had a lot of hassle getting the tripod set up properly. So, but that wasn't a problem for me with the trigger stick. Just that it's not that stable. <laughs> just it's just trash to shoot off. <laughs> it's not trash. No, it's it's, it's better than shooting single... unsupported. But it's not better than a proper, like rigid carbon fiber tripod. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, especially because you've got ever brought. So we've got we've got the um. Uh, the sort of tables on the tripod now you just check your bag on there it's, it's pretty good but um yeah so would you at the next say at the final are you going to run a normal tripod oh, I carry one all day but I didn't did you it, carry so. it around all day <laughs> yeah so the advantages so we've talked about it before but for people who are unsure we deploy tripods under time so the trigger sticks which Mark was referring to uh, they were the only one for it. There's a bunch of knockoffs of them now, but they you just pull a trigger under a sort of hand handle of it, and the, the legs just come out until they touch the ground, and then they stop. And you let trigger trigger go, and it's ready to go. Yeah. Um. But so very fast to deploy, but you only probably get half the stability you get out of a, a like a modern 36 mil leg carbon fiber tripod. So. Um, yeah. So there is a small advantage to them in the time, but um... yeah, and the one I had, the other one, the tripod I had was a carbon fiber, um, larger one with the trigger on it still, so um, which I should have used, but I didn't. Oh yeah, that's um, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there was enough time. There was enough time on that stage to set the tripod up well. 
Yeah, yeah, there and, was. And yep. get through it, yeah. Like, um, and so, so what yep. we're doing, because generally part of our Spark series is that you don't have to have a tripod. Uh, tripods can be used. They'll be written out of certain stages, etc. But due to the terrain, there was a couple of stages where tripods were nearly the only option. Not necessary. We could have built something or, or like a prop. But um, So what we did is we supplied a couple of photo tripods with um, tables on top of them, ARCA tables. So all you need to do is deploy it, chuck your bag on it. So pretty simple to use. And they were both in quite low position so really you could just fold the legs out to a minimum height and that'd work um so, so again if you, if you are thinking about competing in the series you don't have to have a tripod um if, if there is a situation where one is necessary we will provide it um now you can bring your own you don't have to use ours that's fine um but but we do make that available just to um uh, ease the pressure on people a bit if they don't have the gear um, yeah well i just recommend everyone get a tripod borrow one whatever and just practice for a couple of hours deploying and and preparing getting it shoot especially probably trying to deploy it in a kneeling type situation or sitting so you don't have to actually fully deploy it most of them you, you can like, deploy like for sitting it's not the best deployment but if you just pull with the yeah, legs retract me. pull it out yeah and um, yeah pull it out and then because you've got a, a plate with a bag you can get the height you need in the potential angle so and I just, yeah, it's the same old thing I see all the time. People struggle to get a position with enough angle or the right angle, and then they bug around resetting it type of thing. So you just got to get familiar with getting into a position where you've got the options to shoot off, if you know what I mean. Yeah. The flexibility to move off it to shoot without having to keep retrying to completely adjust it. Or, or you just do what Jai did and shoot it sitting. <laughs> and still get more points than Mark. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, he got. Oh no, wait, did you? You did. Mm, you, he yeah, got. Did. He got five yeah. more points than you. That's yeah. um. He's running a semi too. Um. Wait, so you, I, I would have st- I would have said not that it's impossible, but this match suited a precise bolt action. Um, wasn't necessary. You could do it with a good semi-automatic with a good zero, but I would say it favoured a precise bolt action. Would you agree? Yeah, because the round count meant you didn't need it. Yeah, love. The, yeah. There was, there's no advantage to um, burning more ammo. It was actually a disadvantage, and so I, I wasted too many shots, like pretending I was at a match where there was unlimited round count. Whereas if I had a bolt action, I wouldn't have wasted three or four shots. So, well, guess so, the, good, the good thing is. The next match has, I know of at least four unlimited round count stages in an eight-round match. Yeah, that's that that's, that's that's vitally important. <laughs> so, so, so that brick of special match you've got won't exist <laughs> in two weeks. <laughs> um, yeah, and bigger no, targets. No, that's the thing. I, I, lo- I looked at the brick. It was a partial, It was almost a full one. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'll burn through that today. And then I didn't. So I was like, oh. So I, think, I still think I've got half over half left yeah 250 rounds if you, if you so then ammo wise i mean obviously so is using tac 22 an option for you the norma yeah I, so from what i can gather um norma tac 22 is uh well it's obviously rws it's rws target rifle and yeah what i could figure there yeah. was that target rifle was just like special match without as much qc so it's 
just slots in below special match really yeah, yeah. so i okay. i so. um in the voodoo practice with special uh with compete with special match or r50 and then practice with the, either the norm attack or the target rifle because i'm pretty sure it's the same and the dope and the zero is all exactly the same as the special match for me yeah in, in yeah. the guns and it's just that like i was doing some shooting with collie with it at oh shit we had a target like 350 or 400 meters or something a small target and i would get like a hit and then i'd get like a high and a low then a hit then a hit then a high and a low or something and he was running yeah. the special match and he'd get like a 90 percent hits um so i, no, I, I was thinking if I, yeah. if I yeah if i was running a, a bolt gun like a t1x or a voodoo or something then i'd probably always go with special match but i'm thinking now with the semi-auto and the inherent bits i'd i think i wouldn't notice the difference no you wouldn't Contempt. no no, no I, i'd so with my my own abysmalness would cover up to the inaccuracy of the ammo and the and the and, and my tax old 1022 i'm using the um the norm attack uh and yeah. simon's 1022 he's using norm attack like yeah i can just scrape an inch group sometimes with the norm attack uh, with the norm attack and the tax old but it's not whereas whereas the voodoo will shoot it's considerably better than that but two different platforms and so yeah it's just and if you, if it's a lot of like um like the next match it's called running gun it says a lot more movement speed less support that precise ammo is less important because you're doing things that relegate all of that yeah. um, extra um value you're getting out of it anyway so um, so yeah i would say mark the norm attack and um there's a little bit of a, not, around yeah. it so yeah i know it suits it, special match shoots better i mean i definitely know that in my gun so and i think i did um cci standard it was like you know x you could see it shooting whatever you know a wider group and then i think i went to semi rw semi auto was a bit tighter and then the special match was just yeah, a bit more accurate again. So it definitely is different. But I found but I said, in the Chris DMKs, we don't shoot those yeah. much anymore, but the RWS semi-automatic worked beautifully. Ooh, um, I might bring it out for a running gun. It's probably not a bad idea. But here's the thing I found. When the Chris got dirty, the accuracy dropped off incredibly. And the reliability, when we when I cleaned the heck at, like I'm talking like a two inch group at 25 meters, gave it a real good clean, scrubbed it out, maybe blah, blah, blah. I know you aren't familiar with what I'm saying here about cleaning guns, but, but so, so <laughs> I can clean the gun me. for you. Lost me completely. I don't um, know what the hell are you talking about? But I, it went to like at 50 meters sort of shooting a half an inch, you know? So yeah. having, uh, I, it doesn't seem to affect the 1022s as much, but on the Chris, definitely made a difference not having a clean barrel but just having a you know only one with a going into the match it only got 100 or 200 rounds down it rather than um like i imagine your chris would be five to six thousand now without a clean at a guess yeah so yes run the chris yeah but let me clean it first you've put me off you should let me clean it anyway i'll stick to my 1022 
the Chris would have better, had to be better photos. Although then we're all running 1022s. Because, so, well, it's me, uh, sorry, myself, you, Simon and Carl, we're heading up, all running 1022s. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, so, maybe yeah. I'll run both. That's against the rules. Is it? I wrote the series rules. Oh. You cannot run two guns. <laughs> and if it's not in okay. there, I will amend it. <laughs> I should say me and Simon wrote the series rules, but... Hand uh, me my... Oh. Yeah, no, it doesn't... Yeah, um, that would be unsportsmanlike behaviour. Um, but uh, to be honest, your, your 1022 could probably use a clean, and I could fix that stock for you. That's being an issue too, but... No. I know you don't me. trust me fixing things, but... Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, so... So that's... So anyway, the match itself... I'd say considering the weather was a success, we had a man, we had a bunch of people drop out. I was sitting at like forty-seven entries or something, forty-eight entries the weekend before, and, oh, then, right. I, and then I lost like ten through the week due to various reasons. Yeah. And then by the, by the by the day, I think we were just over thirty or something. So thirty might be bang on. So um, just with the weather, and we had two two guys ended up. They got lost, Mark. I don't know if I told you this, and ended up like an hour and a half away from the venue, somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where they ended up. And they um, never never turn up at all. No, no. I because the reception's patchy at the at the at range seven. So at the end of the day, I, the message comes through. <laughs> like, oh, we we and this was like ten o'clock by this point. And I'm like, no, we're well lost. So where were they? I don't know. <laughs> but, um, oh. Wow. Yeah, poor buggers. To the, I felt so sorry for them. I actually offered so this this um, this weekend just gone. I said, hey, if, if you're free, come down because we still had most of the, the match set, and I'll let you shoot the match. What's left of it, which is pretty much all of it, um, it wouldn't be point scoring for them. But then they could actually shoot it and do a bit of practice. But they had a um, some air gun championship they were shooting already. But um, yeah, I felt I felt sorry for the poor buggers because um, you sort of knew yeah. guys coming from air guns getting into it and. Um, Get, you know anyway so that, that was a shame for them but um actually the, the toughest stage of the day was um stage food preparation graham because <clears throat> you made us go and pick up four uh slow cookers full of soup so they were hot full of soup and it's on a forestry block so we had to drive back up a steep hill from about two kilometers away um on rough terrain carrying uh slow cookers full of soup and so we had to we we took some uh gaffer tape taped the lid shut and um kelvin and luke basically came and helped me and we basically carefully and slowly drove up the hill <laughs> with the soup sloshing around so there, there's a reason it. for this right why there was and soup. managed to get it there without uh, spilling a drop in your ute. There's a so bit of soup in my ute. There is like on my shooting, <clears throat> my green shooting mat is covered in soup too. Um, <laughs> so if you remember, the original plan was to have the the post match at the shed where the soup was cooked, but you didn't yes. really want it there, so hence why no. it got moved. But the yeah. soup had already been made by this point and was in the freezer. Yeah. So logistics and all that. Anyway, it was but a good thank, thank you to my lovely wife for making nice hot food for us. Yeah. So at the end of a, a, a miserable day of weather, we had something nice to eat. Um, what we should also say too, before we talk about the next few matches and wrap up, um, thanks to Taxol NZ, so via um, Guns NZ, they uh, supplied a, 
a prize pack, Taxol prize pack, um, which our competitor was lucky enough to walk away with um, for his 1022. Uh, and fun enough, and I might ask him for permission. He sent me a photo of a, a bunch of the parts already installed, so um, I might chuck that up on the um, somewhere on one of the social yeah. medias. So that was they very much appreciated. Um, and what we did is we just sort of selected everyone who had a ten twenty two, and we we sort of drew from that. So um, yeah, so thanks for the support and some cool prizes and a new barrel and much stuff that he got to take home and uh, deck out his ten twenty two for competition use. Um, now, going forward, so like I mentioned earlier, in about a week and a half, we'll be heading to uh, Hamilton for the Seeker Show on Saturday, and then we'll be jetting over to Auckland uh, to shoot the Armageddon Gear running gun, which is the last points uh, scoring round before the final. So uh, I know you could use some more points, Mark. Uh, Carl could use uh, some my, more points. My first two results were pretty good. You could get better, uh, and uh, no, no, I, that's, I that's could... I could improve by like that's where I'm at that's where you're at that's your that's your that's your yeah okay <laughs> uh, I could improve like a point or two but not a lot um, on my through score um, so that's going to be really fun so the um, gun racks um, organising hosting that it's sort of south of Auckland Port Waikato way um, so if you're listening to this as of um, October uh, get in contact if you want to go there's still a few spots available and then at the end of November, we have the season final for the 2023 Spark Rimfire Series. Um, that's in uh, Tarada. Um, we're just confirming now... Sorry, I should say there's a teams match the day before. That's not part of the Spark Series, but it is a Rimfire teams match. Um, so they're both being held over the weekend. Uh, on the Sunday, there will be a prize table. We've got a bunch of cool sponsors. Come on board for... Um, the uh, the season final, uh, providing um, uh, prizes for the the prize table, and the prize table will be um, random drawn too. So there's no prizes for position, uh, barring like trophies and medals. Um, but yeah, so essentially, if you're there, you're more than likely will get to walk the prize table. Um, so far, we have confirmed sponsors: Hardy Rifle, Target Dynamics, Gun Racking Z, Delta Top Optical. <coughs> Excuse me. Delta Optical, Saber Tactical, Bush Life NZ, Optics NZ, Arlington Arms, Black Gear NZ, Section Twenty Two, most slightly, Carlos Optics NZ. I uh, Optics, sorry. I just have to have a, another catch up with them. Zero Tech Optics is most likely as well. Redacted Actual, and then we're a few more waiting to hear back from. So it will be quite a good prize table, um, and obviously it will be a very good match, and we will see who the Winner of the 2023 season is for both Rifleman and Hunter class. There's a bunch of people who can win both classes still. We've got a couple guys on two... Hunter class, we've got one two, guy going on. Two people on maximum. Yep. yep. And then, so Tom S and Michael W. Yep. And then... Um, and then um, Graham B, whoever he is. And third, Josh M. So he's... Shot a couple of early matches. Jonathan Jeff's up there. It's gonna drop. Yeah, so there's a couple of opportunities for people to one person potentially to get um, maximum points heading into the final. But but yeah, so there's there's, um, there's still there's still stuff can happen, and the final is worth uh, 1.5 times points value. So you really need to essentially essentially who wins the final wins the series 
So there's a few people going for that, which is cool. And then Hunter Class is pretty close too. So it's going to be a big weekend. That's the last weekend of November. And that'll be our last match of the year, Mark, I believe. Yeah. It will be for the North Island. Uh, and then we go into sort of, um, we have a bit of a break from precision rifles for a, a little bit. Um, so, yeah. And then, again, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about, you want to get into precision and start with rimfire, be unsure of what to do or if your rifle's appropriate, get in contact with myself or even Jeff at the gun rack, um, Simon at um, Gillis Practical Rifle Events, and we can um, help you uh, with advice or whatever. And um, I've had a bunch of people talking back and forth lately about um, them getting ready to come along to their first match and whether their rifle's appropriate. We also have a loaner rifle uh, that's available. We provide the ammo, the rifle, etc. Due to our uh, different sponsors we have, we've made that happen. So, Again, it's the easiest way to get into precision rifle and field shooting is rimfire. So don't hesitate to get in contact. And if you're real lucky, we might even, uh, depending where you are, we could maybe do a little bit of basic coaching and stuff like that for for free as well because we're nice. Um, but I think that about wraps up the uh, this podcast, Mark. Would you, would you agree? Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, any last words from you, Mark? Uh, nope. Cool. All right, we'll sign off there. Um, All right, talk to you soon.